Irreverent, entertaining, cool. You're listening to LA Talk Radio. You're listening to Razor Riffs with Keith Razor and Alan Lee right here on LA Talk Radio. Hey guys, welcome to the show. A couple announcements before we get into it. Uh, I'm going to be at the Irvine Improv with Jay Moore uh, July 26th to the 28th, so come see us. You can buy tickets at www.irvine.improv.com. And other than that, that's all I got. Uh, Now I'm going to introduce the one and only Alan Lee. Hello. Hello. Yes, hello. I'm glad to be here, and I don't have much to say other than I will be uh, at the... uh, Tribal Cafe downtown, and uh, I've been booked there for as long as I can take it. It's it's an open mic. Oh, that's and, uh, great! Thanks for it? advertising an open mic on the radio. I, I you know, I, I uh, you're going to demean me. I'm not uh, demeaning you. I'm just hero. making fun. Like, what am I supposed to do? Uh, all right. That's all I got. And we have a great so, guest here, guys. I'm going to introduce him, but I've always wanted to do this. Uh, you've seen him from the Maya Mancia, the Heartbreak Kid, which is one of my favorite oh, that's movies. One. That's a good one. And Disney's The Proud Family, the great Carlos Mancia. How Yay. you doing, Carlos? Hey, thank you. I'm good, man. I'm, th- I'm glad to be here, man. I appreciate it. Oh, appreciate thank, it. Thank you so much for doing it. I, uh, I love talking. I never shut up. <laughs> oh, please go on. That's what yeah. we're all about. You gave Alan Lee a, a scare because uh, mm-hmm. we were supposed to start at two. <laughs> and he was like, oh, where's Carlos? They had told me. I'm yeah, just like he's... 10 minutes down the yeah. street. Yeah. So. <laughs> I, they had told me that it was tomorrow. So. Oh, really? Oh, but yeah. man, that's all. but yeah. I'm glad we got to do it. I mean, yeah. I even got it all worked out. Yeah, yeah. yeah I was yeah. like, because I don't know CPR, so I couldn't give him a. Oh, no, that's okay. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's okay. I don't know how many times. You know. I'm okay. I don't know how many people do that. I I, I love interviews, man. I love yeah. getting it out there. Beautiful. Like yeah. it's 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 fun, you know, when you do as much stand up as I do. Yeah. Um it's it's always fun to to uh in get into different forms of of uh showing your, you know, your artistic integrity mm-hmm. so to speak, you know. The, this is a different way of being interesting than being on stage. Yeah. And I and I'm always very welcoming of it, you know, especially okay. because they're all different. A podcast is completely Thank different you. from doing an afternoon radio than mm-hmm. doing a morning radio than doing a, you know, mm-hmm. they all have their very distinct characteristics. You know, you, you get four minutes on, you know, ABC affiliate mm-hmm. in Jacksonville, Mississippi. It's going to be completely different than what I'm going to do, you know, in any other format. So it's, it's really fun to be able to, you know, encompass all of us. So yeah. I like, I dig it. I like podcasts is because uh, Al and I both, uh, we have Asperger's syndrome. Uh, oh, nice. Yeah. So, like, it really helps with our comedy just to talk and, you know, sure. but stuff like that. Sure. You, you might have told. Oh, he also has a, ADHD <laughs> or something like that. This was a recent fucking discovery that I made about an hour ago. That you have ADHD? ADHD, yeah. So, is it... I just wanted to make that clear. No, listen. <laughs> um, okay, so no, here's an example God, of, I, I... of the way that can go about. I have a friend who... Uh, it was a huge pothead and uh, he was my road manager, Joey. And, uh, after being on the road with me for uh, probably a decade or so, he, uh, he just kind of missed Corpus Christi and his family and stuff. So he went back to Corpus. He got a job working at, uh, as a safety manager at one of the big plants over there, the, uh, refineries. Mm -hmm. Well, they told him like, you can't do any drugs. So he stopped uh, smoking weed. And he really quickly found out that he's huge ADHD. He had no idea that he was self-medicating with marijuana. Oh. 
and the effects that oh. it had on him. So, wow. but I knew that there was something wrong with him. Sure. Because he would smoke a joint and then be like, oh, I'm inspired. I'm going to go work out. And I'd be like, what? <laughs> what are you talking? Where are you going? What is wrong with you? You know, so he would sure. smoke weed and just yeah. everybody else is passed sure. out or not sure. wanting to move or just, yeah. and he's just yeah. like, I got some. Well, what, what, <laughs> what we realized is he normally has mm-hmm. a shitload of thoughts in his head. Sure. Yeah. Sure. And he's like, no, 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 this and no, 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 that and no, 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 this and no, 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 that and no, no, this and no, no, that. And weed. Made him able to focus on one oh, thought. You're scaring me. Where weed, what it does to yeah. people that don't have that, mm-hmm. is is it makes them not be able to connect dots, oh, yeah. right? Oh my God. So I get high, I yeah. can't connect dots. Sure. I I see somebody smoke a jump before they go on stage, and I'm like, how do you how do you do that? How do you continue a flow? When I go on stage, I have no idea what I'm going to say, mm-hmm. and I have no idea where the show is going to go. And you know, every joke is kind of like uh, look at it like a like a tree growing. It mm-hmm. comes out, and there's the mm-hmm. trunk, and I then like I tell a joke, and then I go, "Oh, this yeah. man's got to go to the left because I got to make him go to the right, oh, but I got to go to the left before I go to the right because you're not ready for Thank that you. kind of joke yet." And then I go there, and then I inevitably come back, and then oh, every little dot wow. is like a like okay. a bunch of arms that come out, and at the end, you look at it and go, "Oh." It's a fucking tree. You know what I mean? Wow. But at, but at first, it's like almost that. like connecting the dots. Oh, but where those dots go? Yeah. Music to I, my ears. I don't know. I thought you were going to say something completely different. Like, so my road manager he used to smoke pot. Now he doesn't. Then he starts smoking crack or something. No, like, no. Yeah, yeah. I would have been different. No, I was connected. I was connected into yeah, the ADHD of the fact that he just you know there's a lot of undiagnosed out there. Yeah. You know, so and then there's a lot of thank you. ADD diagnosis, which the, the reason why AD, ADHD was brought up recent, not too long ago is because the overdiagnosis of ADD, so that when people with the real yeah. came in, you know what I mean? Sure. It, it came in. It's kind of yeah. it's it's kind of like people that say they're on the spectrum, but they're not. They're just weird yeah. or yeah. different yeah. or abstract. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. But they want that. They, they want to say that, like, no, 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 I'm on the spectrum. And it's like, dude, like... Yeah. Being on the spectrum is, is is a real thing. It's not just I feel uncomfortable around people. There's there's much more to it than that shit. Well, see, it, it's sure, funny you mention sure. that because now that I'm older, like especially a lot of comics, they think, oh, I'm you know, he's not on the spectrum. He's just that weird guy, you know. But it's like if you right. knew me when I was a kid, right? I was very nonverbal, sure. And stand up made me verbal, right? You know, and so like I still have a speech stutter and all that stuff. And I sure, just, sure. You know? So, like, but for I, you, it's it's so it's not just a it's not just a it's not just a feeling; it's a part of your being. Yeah. And the difference is, is that, and I, you know, I have family members with Aspergers, and and you know, we didn't realize that they had Aspergers until probably ten, maybe twelve years ago. So before that, we knew that there was something hugely different yeah. about um, this, you know, this family member of ours. We just, we just knew it. We just had no idea what it was. I met and, you like eight years ago. You did a show for autism at the Fox Theater in Fullerton. Maybe it was nine years ago. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that's when I met. Oh, that's the first time I met AB. Yeah. That's right. I so, remember that show. Yeah. So, uh, oh, no, oh, nice. Tig was on that show. Uh, uh, yeah, I think so, right? I remember George uh, Lopez, not the not the famous one. But, no, George Perez. George right. Perez. George Perez, yeah. Yeah, it was fun. That was fun, man. Yeah. God, I remember that. Wow, that's so weird. Yeah, so like I, I remember things like like that. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. 
And like, like I also know like all the presidents. Like I could say yeah. George Washington to Donald Trump like that. Yeah, that's awesome. You know that's awesome. I mean? Yeah, it's in your I don't head. Know I any, get it. I don't know any of their accomplishments, but sure, <laughs> sure. <laughs> it doesn't matter. A lot, of, a lot of a lot of people don't. Yeah, yeah you don't. You know, <laughs> you know the thing is, is that what you realize, yeah. like you know, when you, the the older you get, or at least the older I get, the more the more people I meet, the more I travel, the more I go around. You know, the the more at ease I feel with my surroundings because you just get to meet everybody. One of the coolest things, you know, I have is uh, I was in Miami about two, about a month, month and a half ago. Uh-huh. Yeah, about a month and a half ago. Um, Cinco de Mayo weekend. And um, it was so bizarre because uh, there were these guys. I, I When I'm on the road, I do this thing where if you get uh, – if if you get VIPs, you get a meet and greet before the show. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So, and I I do it because I want to give people a chance to you know meet me before the show, and they don't have to wait in line and all that kind of stuff. So, literally, if you buy a T shirt at the end of the show, you could have spent twenty five bucks and paid for VIP, and not only got the meet and greet before, but a little more time with me, and you would have got preferred seating, so you mm-hmm. could show up late and you still get front row seats or nice. whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So. Anyway, these uh, four kids all on the spectrum came up, and and one of them gave me a sign that it was an acronym. My name, Carlos, was spelled out, and then next to each letter was an inspirational thing that they were saying. It was just, it was just so like uh, so cool because I showed it to a friend of mine, and he's like, "Who gave you that?" He didn't say it in a positive way. He was like, "That's some simple shit. Who who would do that?" And I yeah. said, "As a kid on the spectrum," and then. He kind of reversed his shit and went, oh, well, you know, I didn't mean it. I'm like, yeah, he did. You're being a dick. You're, you know, somebody who's trying to say something nice. You were, instead of just accepting how nice it is, you were going to parse it and try to say, well, why did they use those words? Or could have said something different? Or who does that? Or who brings that to a show? Mm -hmm. And for me, it was, it was why I do those meet and greets before the show. Because I'm always, always, always inspired by people that I see before the shows Mm -hmm. because i might be in a bad mood you know sometimes i might have gotten bad news my parents are aging Mm -hmm. you know i don't get good news all the time Mm -hmm. you know sometimes it's your mom took a turn for the worst type stuff and you know you're you're just not i'm a human being man Mm -hmm. i'm i'm I'm, i have my emotional limitations as well but i'm telling you when people are lined up to to see me perform before a show and that 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 happiness i see in their eyes that that looking forward to Mm -hmm. what i'm gonna make them feel that just erases all the bullshit Mm -hmm. And it just makes me realize, okay, this is why I do it. This is this is what it's about. You know what I mean? Yeah. These four <clears throat> these four kids that that are uh, are uh, you know coming to see me perform, and and it was so funny because there was a really awkward moment in the show where uh, it's a really big stage, and there's a monitor like right in the middle, right in front of the people it's pointing in my direction but it's still right in front and i screamed and i saw the look on this kid and he grabbed his ears and i went oh shit you're very sound sensitive yeah and i said hey man i don't think that i can lower these um but and then i said to the manager are there seats like a little further back where he can be where it's not gonna be so loud and (laughs) and he was like yeah, there are. And like literally as he said, yeah, before they are, the two kids got up and walked toward the back like immediately. And the whole audience was kind of like, what the fuck is going on here? And I said, oh, God, sorry, guys. These these guys are on the spectrum and they're, they're very sensitive to sound. Sword, so they want to go to the back. They still want to watch the show, but they just don't want to be up here where it's you know so loud for them. And then the other two are like, no, we're good. And they stayed. And 
it was an interesting moment <clears throat> because half of the, you know, a big portion of the audience had no idea what was going on. And they were just so freaked out. And the minute I said, these kids are on the spectrum, like uh, they all kind of were like, Oh fuck, what do we do now? Yeah. How do we react? What do we do? And I was like, guys, it's yeah. the, the show's going to be fine, dude. It's yeah. just, he, he's like, here's your, his ears hurt. I saw it. I want him to be, have a good time. And, and, and then they moved on and then everything was good. And the show was great. And I got a standing ovation and it was an awesome show. But, to me, th those moments are interesting, not because of how I interpret them as much as it allows me to see how people are really feeling, yeah. you know, because people's comfort or discomfort with regards to material says so much mm -hmm. about who they are as, as a crowd, as a group, not, not, not as much as individuals. I tend to look at crowds as one big giant being, yeah. one big, you know, homogenous, even though it's not, it usually turns out to be that way. It's the phenomenon of doing two, doing two shows in a row. Yeah. And you do a specific joke in a specific way, exactly the same for both shows. And one kills. And the, and other, the other one, one crickets. Crickets. Yeah. Right? And that's because somehow when these people got together, their energies converged mm -hmm. into one big group. And they, for some fucking reason, all think this is funny or all think it's not funny. Uh, that's I, totally I true. Don't, don't know don't know what that dynamic is because it's not I don't think that there's anybody in the world that can explain to you how that occurs. I think that they should start shows like uh because you know when I opened for Norm, you know, like Norm taught me everything, you know. Mm -hmm. So I think that when they st uh uh start shows they should do a seven o'clock show and then a nine o'clock show instead of an eight and a ten. Because the nine o'clock the late shows are usually that, oh, it's not funny yet until the end. You know what I mean? Right. Well what you what you realize is here's what I realize. All right, so Thursday night shows are uh, very smart people who are b really big fans because they're coming to the first show of, of the week, right? Yeah. And they got tickets for it. They're excited. They're mm -hmm. there to see you. Mm -hmm. uh, good, good, like Thursday night crowds are really, really good introductory crowds mm -hmm. to whatever city you're going to. Mm -hmm. Friday's first show crowds are usually um, a, a really good mix of people, you know, some rich. I mean, you know, it's it's a pretty good, like, semblance of what america is and that city is whatever that racial makeup of that city that economic makeup it's pretty descriptive they're fun a little tired but they're good the late show on friday is always the craziest show yeah because those people are tired and if the show is late enough if the show's at 10 or 10 30 they drank before they got there yeah, they had yeah. a drink sure, exactly before they got like there. a yard house Right. Mm -hmm. And then they have two drinks right outside the bar of whatever yeah. club you're at. So they're three drinks in by the time you get on stage, and then they're going to have two more drinks. Yeah. Five drinks for the average person is a fuckload of alcohol. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Those are the crazy people. Yeah. Those are the ones that are going to yell shit out. Those are the ones where you're going to get a heckler. Those are the ones where somebody's going to get kicked out. Mm -hmm. That's just mm -hmm. the pattern of that show. Saturday's first show is usually the oldest those are the older people, bought their mm -hmm. tickets a billion years ago. <laughs> They're great crowds. They love what you do. Some of them are there to see the night, but that's usually like the best kind of a mix of a crowd second shows on saturday those people want to party but they're not crazy they're not tired they pace themselves they went to dinner first they're a good crowd a lot of energy a lot of fun um sunday crowds are usually the the intellectuals yeah. really smart people sunday crowds are the shows where i don't have to animate it too much really i can just let the words play in themselves and they get it they don't need the they don't need to be spoon-fed the material with a lot of you know, craziness or 
physicality or anything. They, I can slow those shows down and and let that um, the material and the and the essence of it kind of just dissipate into them, and they kind of just through osmosis kind of feel it. It's mm-hmm. it's it's a really fun for me. The dynamic of doing four shows a week. I mean, four nights a week in that respect when I'm on the road is really fun because it gives me that arch from what I told you in the beginning to those Sunday crowds that are just so, so, so smart, so great. Even though the energy isn't, uh, it isn't mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Uh, I learned because I record all my shows and I talk to people after the shows. I've learned that those Sunday shows, I would, I, in early on in my career, I would go, man, I, fuck, I didn't do as well as a week. Shit, what happened? And then they would come up to me and they would say, man, that's, a, that's like, that's the funniest shit I've ever seen. I've been coming here, you know, for five years and you're the funniest dude I've ever seen. All of those kind of moments. And I was like... But you felt you didn't have a good set. Not that I didn't have a good set, comparably. Okay. You know what I mean? Compared, yeah, to, yeah. The, compared to the Saturday Night's first and second shows, this show was not, you know, I can't, I can't because, okay, so when I record, I see... Two different graphs, right, on, mm-hmm. on, on my computer. One of them is me talking, and those are big spikes, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. The other one is a constant, like, fat, kind of a staticky looking thing in the middle of it. That's their laughter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the thinner and shorter, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> the thinner and shorter. <laughs> I'm so grabbing my middle finger, too. But you know what I'm saying? The thinner and shorter that that sure. is, the less they're laughing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I want that to be thick and big. Sure. Yeah. And, and it is sure. thick and big mm-hmm. on those shows. On these shows, it's not. And so I was like, there's the proof. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's right there. Look at the graph. Look at the graph. But it wasn't. It's that they're not, you know, they're taking in material intellectually as well as that. So Sunday shows are the shows where I get the I got that or can we talk about this later? Hey, can I have a can I have a moment with you after and we can talk about that thing that you said about the this and this and that? Mm-hmm. Where you know Saturday shows are like, he was awesome. He was great. I loved it. Sure. Oh fuck the joke about the Mexican lady at McDonald's was great. You know what I mean? Yeah, That's sure. their thing. Yeah. You know, on Sunday they'll say, um, wow, I really love the way you did that story and it's so relevant to everything, but you never made it political. You never made it about right or left. You just let the essence of that. And, you know, that that's yeah. the same fucking joke. It's yeah. just, you know what I mean? So I'm like, all right, is it this or is it that? I, uh-huh. But, you know, once, once you get, once you've been doing it as long as I have, what I've realized is no matter what I try to do, I can only go so far as, as, as to dictate what the mm-hmm. audience is supposed to feel. Right. At a certain point, they're just going to feel what they want to feel. That's true. That's it. I just, you know, so I try, like every one of us, to manipulate that as best I can. And, dude, I use every possible trick in the book from using the mic, from screaming, from walking, from, yeah, I mean, every mode that I can possibly get to. But at the end of the day, um, you know, I hope that people say, that leave the show say, I had a great time. Because yeah. whether it was, you know, sometimes it's not even funny. Sometimes they don't even say it was the funniest thing ever. Sometimes they're just going to go like, man, that's a, that's a, I haven't had a, be- I haven't had an amazing time like that in 50 years, you know? And I hear that when I was younger, I'd hear that and go, but was it funny? What yeah. the fuck, man? <laughs> yeah. You know, now I don't yeah. ask, was it funny? Yeah. Now I'm like, you did? Holy shit. 30 years and this is the best show? Like, or best, you know, time you've had out? That's like, I'm, I'm grateful, but fuck you. How 
boring is your life that this is it or whatever the joke whatever i say at that moment but you know now i'm able to see um see it from their perspective instead mm -hmm. of my own i know that feeling because like usually like when i have agents come and scout me i always do bad on the shows they're at right but the shows they're not at, i kill you know and i don't mean to change the subject but no that's but that's you but we were talking about... You can uh, ask me anything, by the way. No, we are. But uh, we were talking about you can't always believe everything you read on the internet. Alan Googled you and had said your favorite drink is sparkling ice blackberry. And he got you one. <laughs> and you haven't even opened it. So That's um, all bullshit. It's <laughs> such bullshit. <laughs> but you know what? I'm going to drink it just, just, just because you got it for me. I'm going to have some, bro. That's very sweet of you. So I was like... Was, that's gotta be. It's that. actually close though. I do drink a lot of. Um, we, we were, I'm a sugar. I do drink a lot of dark berry stuff. Yeah. So that mm -hmm. is actually right. Oh, the uh, dark berry stuff. Uh, the sparkling. Is the, sugar, the sugar thing is not. Good. Um, you know, spiking. Your well, sugar. no, no, no. I normally do like buys, which don't have sugar. Stevia. I'm sorry. No, buy the drink. B a i. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. So I, the buy blackberry I, and the pomegranate. Yeah. Uh, I'll drink the pomegranate uh, if. Uh, if I'm okay with the little tart, because it's kind of tart. It is, and then yeah. the blackberry is pretty sweet. So I'll do like, a, you know, so I'll do yeah. that. But, uh, but what happened was, me off. Oh, dude, no, yesterday I had just, uh, <laughs> I had, I had like me and my friend, um, were hanging out and he gave me an edible and dude, I don't do those. And mm -hmm. it, it was just him. I woke up today feeling groggy. Mm -hmm. I just, just like, I was like, dude, I, I need, I need, I need I need a cold brew, man. Yeah, I need right. I need caffeine to wake my sure, ass up. Okay. So yeah. that's that's why I have. I normally I'm not a coffee guy. Uh, one question I did have for you is because you know I've uh, I've you know listened to other interviews because I, I try not to like ask the same questions, but I just wanted you can ask whatever uh, you want, bro. I just wanted to because like you said when you first started as a comic, Eddie Griffin used to bump you at the store. Everybody and, used to bump me. Everybody yeah. bumped everybody. Yeah. And then, like, when you started doing it, and then, like, with the whole debate that was going on, I was thinking, how do you feel as comics? Because, <laughs> like, I look, I try to put myself in that position, you know? Like, uh, if you were to bump me, I would think in my head, okay, how do I – I want to be as good as you so I could not let you bump me. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Yeah, but that's not the mentality. See, when I first started, it was Dice Clay or mm -hmm. it was – you know, um, Paul Mooney, and it was people like that who would come in, Martin Lawrence, and, you know, Arsenio Hall. Yeah. The difference was, you know, when those guys showed up, A, I was unbelievably, unbelievably blown away by the fact that I was in the same business as them. You know right. what I mean? I was a door guy at the comedy store, but I was in the same business. What? Sure. I'm a, I've been on that same fucking stage. Yeah. I'm probably going to go on after it like them. Like, holy shit. The, to me, and and I thought the way you did. I felt like I can't fucking wait. Cannot yeah. wait till I get the chance to do what they're doing. Yeah. I cannot wait. I didn't mean like bumping people. I meant like going after. So like. No, uh, I meant okay. bumping people. Oh, yeah. I, I didn't mean That's that. what I meant. Oh, uh, okay. But it was done to me. And I didn't think it was malicious. Right. Right. Because. Okay, I thought differently than, than than when I would bump people, they would say, why don't you just call, right? Well, here's the problem. I called in and said to the comedy store, I might come in on Saturday. And they said, are you going to come in for sure? Okay. I said, uh, I can't tell you 100% because, you know, mm -hmm. I'm going to dinner and some shit might happen at dinner and my friends might say, no, don't go to perform tonight. Let's go watch a movie or something. Mm -hmm. So 
No, I can't tell you 100%. So then they said, well, we can't put you on schedule then. Because if we put you on the schedule and people call in and say who's there, and we go, Carlos is coming in, mm -hmm. and then you don't come in, mm -hmm. and they want their money back, we got to give them their money back. Right. So if you want to pop in, pop in. So that's what I would, that's what I would do instead. So I kind of tried to see if I could put my name on, but then I'd have to go, and then I'd have to, you know, and I was just like, and uh, to be quite honest with you, I, I was a very, 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 I was so focused at the time that I didn't see their anguish or, or uncomfortable feelings. I didn't, I didn't notice it. Yeah. The other comics, I, I really didn't. It wasn't, uh, it just wasn't anything I was looking mm -hmm. at or looking for. I, but I never thought, I didn't think at the time, you know, hey, look at these people and they might feel weird because I thought, but, but I was them and I mm -hmm. paid my dues. You yeah. know, I mean, th that, th this is America. I'll give you an example. There's a big controversy about President Trump and whether what he said was racist when he told those four women mm -hmm. of color, go back to where you came from, right? In America, that's what happens, right? Mm -hmm. You're here long enough, you basically get to say, hey, I've been here longer mm -hmm. than you. I'm fucking American more than you. I mean, whether you agree with that or not, the whole point of that analogy is that's that's kind of how comedy is in that structure at the comedy store in in places mm -hmm. where you know they have that hierarchy once you've you know when you've been on tv you get in movies and you show up mm -hmm. a, a manager's gonna run up to you and say you want to go on mm -hmm. yeah this is just this it's just the way just it's just the way it is um me personally i did it didn't give a shit and you know i was i i was as abusive or more with the time than people before me but i i never thought i was doing it to such an extreme that it that it you know that it was going to lead to such uh, animosity toward me. Yeah. But I do take responsibility for that, and you know, I think that the whole joke stealing shit thing was bullshit. But the, their hatred of me for you know me bumping them and going on long that was real. Yeah, and and I can't you know because for anybody that's listening in right now that is yelling and screaming and saying it's proof and all that mm -hmm. shit listen i've recorded every single show pretty much since 1994 if you have a comedian that you think has done a joke before mm -hmm. i did please tell me what comedian tell me when they did it yeah. i literally have mm -hmm. actual proof of when i did the shows like they're archived mm -hmm. i can literally go back to 1998 or 6 or 5 or 2002 and go Oh, I remember when I first started telling that joke, and then I'll just go in the archives and look and look, and at some point go, okay, I came up with it in the weekend I was performing in Arlington at this club, and that's where it is, and mm -hmm. this is the day, when did they start doing the joke? Yeah. So, from that perspective, you know, I, I, I there's always been a, a, it's always been a hard pill to swallow because part of their hatred and animosity I get. Yeah. They just came from a different mm -hmm. generation than I did. They, that was the, you know, in the early in the early 2000s which is about 18 years ago is when the first crop of kids who pretty much got everything they ever wanted as children growing up right came into probably gen xers or whatever that would be whereas to my generation was different my generation and before we had this fire this unbelievable desire to succeed because we wanted shit as kids that our parents couldn't afford. Mm -hmm. 
whether it was Nikes, whether it was an Atari, whether whatever those things were, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? We wanted them yeah. and we didn't get them. And so me and my friends, all of us, we were like, I'm not going to fucking be like that. When my kids ask for a pair of Air Jordans because all the other kids have them and my kid wants it, I'm going to be able to give my kid that Air Jordan. And so the generation right after me, they pretty much all grew up middle class. Parents had money, not a lot, but enough to get them the shit that they wanted. And so when I first started getting into the place where I could come and bump people at the comedy store, at the improv, at the Laugh Factory, uh, I started getting young comedians that said, well, I'm on the schedule. He's not. What the fuck? I don't get it. You know, they didn't. They didn't understand the whole pay or do shit. They didn't understand mm -hmm. the whole, this is the way it works. They just said, wait a minute, I'm doing it right. I'm on the schedule. Why is this guy going on? And I didn't understand that at the time. I didn't get it, nor did I give a shit, to be honest with you. Yeah. Because for me, it was like, oh, you want to come play? Go fuck yourself. I don't care. You know, I, I never, <laughs> I never really thought about it until, you know, they, they were given a chance to say something positive negative or neutral about me and so many of them went negative that yeah. i went mm -hmm. okay when one person thinks you're a dick that's one thing when everybody doesn't like you there's got to be a fucking reason for that and yeah. so i had to you know i had to do therapy i had to look inside i had to it's been it's been a long time man mm -hmm. it's been it's been it's been a very difficult it's been a very difficult journey to get to where i'm at because there have been moments of you know suicidal thoughts not lying to you yeah. little tiny moments of homicidal thoughts um there were there were and when i say moments bro like little moments i mean do you are you a, are you a star trek fan uh the at show? all yeah like the team with the in the space the original yeah the star trek yeah with patrick stewart yeah, yeah not not with chris pine okay so in the movie in the movie with patrick stewart i don't know which one it is but it's the one where we battle the borg right and um, Data pretends to be on the side of the Borg, yeah. but then he betrays the Borg, and then they kill the Borg, and then Captain Stewart asks him, was there ever time where you actually thought about joining the Borg? And he said, yes. And he goes, for like .04638, two seconds. Then he goes, trust me, for an android, that's an eternity. Yeah. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's how, that's mm -hmm. how I mean. Like, sure. there are moments where I went, I'm going to fucking get a gun. And what the fuck are you thinking? Like, literally, <laughs> like, literally like that. Mm -hmm. But there, but there, yeah. but there, but there were, you know, there were times when I was just so down and so pissed. And, you know, it's, it's really, it is a difficult thing to have put out as much material as I have to have been doing this for 31 years, to have the fan base that I have. And for somebody that likes me to say to somebody else, you got to go see Carlos Mencia. He's funny as shit. And for somebody to just say one sentence and obliterate everything I've ever done in any way, shape or form by just going, oh, whose jokes is he going to tell? Like in just that one fucking sentence yeah, just makes everything I've ever done meaningless, inconsequential, petty, shitty. And it's, it's difficult. Um, it's difficult to be a comedian because that's what we live by. Well, I think and I have that. I think with me, because like you know, with my autism and stuff, I, I am very uh, black and white. I don't see shades of gray. Right. You know, so like I'm talking to you, and you know, I've met you a couple times, mm -hmm. and you know, 
uh, I could tell just by the energy you have a really good heart. Right. You know what I mean? And uh, so when I I got bumped by Amy Schumer at the improv when I first started and because she was doing a Comedy Central sure. roast. And the improv was telling all the comics on the show, uh, you, you're not going up because Amy. And I was like, I'll go up after Amy. I don't <clears> care. <throat> right. You know what I mean? So right. I still did because I just want to make people laugh. Sure. You know, and that's why I want... So I've had those suicidal thoughts too, when especially because like I'm not big, I'm just like sure. I'm just a future comic. Right. I I'll go to Arizona. I just did Arizona last week. Where? Uh, the House of Comedy, uh-huh. Phoenix. Yeah. Have you done that room? I have been to that room. Believe it or not, it is so awesome. <laughs> like yeah. the energy. Yeah. Oh my god. So I did it, and uh, it cost me three hundred dollars just to get there because I can't drive. You right. know, Because uh, I got in a car accident, so I do Greyhound. And, uh, you know, I just did 10 minutes. And it was awesome. Right. You know what I mean? Like, that's what comedy means to me. Like, I'll lose money to make people laugh. But you're you're different. Your your mentality is different than than the average uh, comedian. Is today. that good or bad? Like, you know what? It is what it is, bro. You just have to you just have to live within the confines of, of, of who you are. Yeah. You know, sometimes look. The, the longer you do this, the the more abstract it becomes, and the and and the the more bizarre things you find that you just can't you can't uh, you can't figure out. Oh, here's an example. Here's a real. I'll, I'll try to make this story quick. I have a buddy. His name is Juan Villarreal, uh, funniest unknown comedian that I've ever met to this day. Funniest guy on stage. When that guy when that guy hits, I yeah. mean, when he's on stage killing, there's nobody better. Um. <clears throat> I met him when he was really, really young, and uh, I wanted him to be on this show called. Um, it, it was on. It was on HBO. It was it uh, local slam, and uh, so I wanted him to be on the show. So I got him on the show. He did five minutes. Uh, but show airs about six months later. He calls me up and he goes, "Are you going to be performing in uh, Corpus Christi anytime soon?" I said, uh, "I'm not sure why." He said, "Well, if you do do new material, because I was just there." And I pretty much did your whole act. And I said, what? I'm sorry. What? what the fuck did you just say? And he was like, bro, they, they asked me to headline. I got 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> like, you're my hero. So, you know, I did your shit. And, I, and my reaction was, ah, fuck, I need to, I go, you know what? I need to change my act anyway. <laughs> whatever. I don't care. Whatever. I, I, and I legit was like, he's young, uh-huh. you yeah, know, yeah. whatever. I didn't really care. Well, what happened was because he did that, he got picked up to do a USO tour. Oh. In the USO tour, people started coming up to him and going, "Dude, you're fucking funny as shit." Did you know that Carl Spencer is doing <laughs> doing your oh shit? Oh my god! So at, he was so insecure about it that he was like, "That motherfucker." Instead of like saying no, no, no. So anyway, so that's that story. So cut to <laughs> twenty years later, literally twenty years later, a guy walks up to him and goes, eh, "We're in Houston at the Improv," and he, uh, no, no, God, we were in Houston at the where the Rockets play at the time. And uh, so anyway, a guy comes up to him as I'm walking out of the bathroom, and I hear the conversation. So I stop. So I can't, I can hear him, but I can't see him, and they can't see me. So the kid says to Juan. Look, I get that, you know, Carlos let you perform in this big-ass arena with him, but how the fuck are you performing the guy that did your jokes? So he sits down and explains to him, Carlos is my idol, my mentor. He's not like me. 
I'm like him. I took my shit from him. My mannerisms, the fact that I say fuck the way I do, all of this stuff. I even took my act from him in the beginning. He's the dude. He, he, I, he goes, I can't believe that he lets me on stage after all the shit that I've done and I kind of sound like him. He's fucking, he's like the coolest dude ever. And the guy goes, yeah, I fucking hate him anyway. And I came around <laughs> like, really? Are you serious? <laughs> like everything that you were told, he just told you this bullshit and you still fucking hate me? Like what the fuck? Do I need to suck dick? Like what do I need to do? How do, how do I turn this shit around, guys? I don't get it. What the fuck? <laughs> It's, it's moments like that <laughs> that just make you go as a person and made me say, there's nothing I can do. Yeah. Like, no. I, I no. just have to ride out this wave sure. of whatever the fuck it is for however long it is. Keep my head down. Keep doing what I'm doing. Stay sure. away from stay away from TV and movies for a minute. You know, get strong and be able to come back and deal with whatever bullshit so, uh, I'm going to get when sure. I come back, whatever that is. Because yeah. so, so in it'll the happen. End, so in the end, Carlos. Joe Rogan was a little harsh. No, you know what's I funny? I was joking. I was making. I mean, a joke. listen. No, no, no. I was making. A no, no, no. I get joke. it. No, I totally get it. I, I don't. I wish I knew. I wish I could tell you yeah. what the what the motivation was for that. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? Sure. I, I, yeah. I wish I could tell you. Sure. All I know is this: Joe Rogan has never accused me of stealing his jokes. There you go. Yeah. Never. You were in Iraq. He was accused of me. You know, doing other. I don't. I don't know what that means. I, I don't know. You know where. where I, I don't know where it comes from. I I could understand somebody telling me that I took his shit. <laughs> right. I don't understand. Yeah. You know the where the motivation yeah, comes yeah, for. Yeah. You didn't take my shit, but whatever, whatever. I, I don't get that. So I'm, I'm not. You know. You know, uh, I was watching a clip of you. Uh, I was very impressed when you were on the tour in Iraq. Oh yeah. And, I do a lot uh, of tours. Yeah. <laughs> in Iraq, I mean, in Iraq and Afghanistan. I don't know which one you're talking about. That's the beauty of it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, dude, know, tell, I yeah, love I, performing. No, yeah. I love performing for the troops, bro. I really yeah, do it. For, you, for me, it's a way it of like you did. Yes, it's a way of saying to yeah. America, "Thank you for letting sure. me in." You know, I, I appreciate it because, as my dad loves to point out, if I was in Honduras, I'd be the funniest fucker milking a cow. So, <laughs> I, I, I am, yeah. I, yeah, I am grateful. Sure. Uh, you know, I, I, I do love it. But you know, it, it, that's just me. I, I, I enjoy going nice, over there. Nice. So that was your question? Just telling him. No, what's the question? <laughs> no, well, I was saying I enjoyed it, and I wanted what he he just answered it. He said he likes, you know, uh, performing for the troops. And uh, are you going to ask him about Ben Stiller? This guy's favorite actor no, is I was Ben Stiller. I'll tell you about Ben. Go ahead. He's amazing. <laughs> no, he really is. Listen, the thing about yeah, Ben that most sure. people don't, never understood, I think, until uh, maybe until a couple a year and a half ago or two years ago, when he directed that. Um, when he directed the show on uh, cable, uh, mm -hmm. you know that it, that like people really kind of went, "Wow, he's yeah. he's a very serious, good director." He took everything seriously. He was very professional. None of it was um, bullshit. And and you know, unlike the majority of comedians who, when we act, are very undisciplined, mm -hmm. and we rely so much on. Can I improv? Can I do this? Can I add this? Um, he would just break down everything that he was supposed to do and how he did it. And and he was it was so great to work with somebody who is a, com a comedic actor, but mm -hmm. wasn't about like, hey, let's fuck around. Yeah, he was like, no, sure. no, no, no. They're, they're, these words were written for a reason. They're funny the way they are. Let's mm -hmm. execute them. 
Mm-hmm. And um, I was I was literally blown away at at how not just how serious, but how much of an actor and and even a director he was during the stuff that we did because you know there were times when he said you know wouldn't it be better would it be better if we shot it this way or what about this perspective and sometimes Mm -hmm. those perspectives change on how they shot it and it was based on him he was Mm -hmm. he was he was a very very good person to 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 be with as a comedian so that you can see like if you want to act you got to take this shit seriously. You can't just go up there and fuck around and mm-hmm. be like, "Oh, I'll make it funny." It's not the way it works, <laughs> sure, man. Yeah, he's sure. he's very. I was very impressed. I was very, 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 very impressed with him. Nice. He was uh, and, and so when when he started doing serious directing, um, I was not in any way, shape, or form surprised or shocked. I went, "Yeah, most people don't know that that's you know so mm-hmm. such a big part of of mm-hmm. what he does and who he is." Mm-hmm. But you know, think about. Think about this, you know, guys like Jim Carrey have kind of been pigeonholed, right? And even though, you know, he's done some varied types of acting, um, not not Ben. You know, Ben Ben can do, you know, he can produce a movie, sure. he can direct a movie, he can be in the movie, mm-hmm. and the audience still take it in mm-hmm. without looking at it as he's trying to do what? Mm-hmm. Because you know he's mm-hmm. been able to to surpass that by a body of work. Sure. Which uh, sure. you know, not a lot of people can do that, no, man. That's it's yeah, pretty yeah. fucking impressive. He's really, you know, he's really great. I I think he's not going to be uh, until he gets older, passes away. I don't think that appreciate they're going to be appreciated. Which is, you know, yeah. it happens a lot in our business. Yeah, sure, a that lot. Sure. It's like Mitch uh, Hedberg. No one really appreciated mm-hmm. him until he, he died. He, exactly. You know? And uh, no, that's not true. We 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 appreciate. I, and I'll tell you this because I was alive when he was alive. Um, I meant the, like his jokes and stuff. Like no, 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 like... no. We, dude, we loved what he did. Okay. We, the thing, the thing about him was, we we kind of, um, a lot of us were like, where is this material coming from? Right. Is it because he's on heroin, <laughs> or like if we took away the heroin, would it still be this funny and you know crazy and out there, but yet? you know interesting and poignant yeah um i think that a a lot of it was that um i think the problem was is that you know he never got to be as big of an audience you know attention grabber as as we think he should have been or would have become but that's that's because he was kind of young you know what i mean and then like when he died then like everyone's like you know correct well because when he died everybody went who is this guy yeah Mm -hmm. right which which was he needed an event it's sad that the event was his death you wish that that event could have been you know a special or whatever that was to take him to that other level um but we always as we and I mean the com- you know comedians that were doing stand up at the time that he was doing it. We always saw something brilliant in him, and you know we just kind of like I said. I remember having discussions with people about like he's fucking crazy and weird, and material is like abstract. But wh- where is it coming from? So then when we would hear, oh, he's clean. We go, oh shit! Is this, is this stuff gonna be funny now? <laughs> like, like, is it all of a sudden gonna go from this fucking awesome, crazy, quirky shit to like I was sitting down at the mall the other day, like, oh, keep doing heroin. This is horrible shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because because I grew up with, I mean, I didn't grow up in comedy. 
But when I started doing stand up, I kind of got got into what was going on a little bit, and it's it's kind of like following the career of um, Pryor. You know, the, the it, with Pryor, especially his later specials, some really fucked up shit would happen in his life. And all of a sudden, I was like, oh, he's doing a special. Yeah. I shot my car. And I, you know, oh, fuck, he shot his car. You know what I mean? He lit himself on fire. Oh, new special. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know what I mean? Tragedies. Sure. Here comes the jokes. Sure. Uh, and yeah, and you, sure. would, you would hope that, like, that didn't have to happen. But, you know, we, we some of us, yeah. some of us as comedians operate that way you know what i mean really bad shit happens in our life and we're able to go out there and kind of like put it to the audience mm -hmm. you know uh the last question i had for you is uh i don't even know if you could talk about it, but you have uh, something that works called uh judging carlos uh judge carlos judge carlos right can you like share what that's about is it a tv show or a tv movie um we don't know what what it is right now believe it or not i came up with judge carlos because it wasn't even like a character. It wasn't even a character like that. It was that, and I could still do it. I just feel like it's old, and I don't want to do shit like that anymore on stage. I mean, yeah. Um, was I? You know, I would see these these court cases go through, and like people that were guilty were mm -hmm. not found guilty, and people that should never win won. And I would just go, "What?" So then. <laughs> I would go, Judge Carlos would fix that shit. And then I would just give my opinion. Yeah. It wasn't like some abstract thing. It sure. was just me. I sure. would just go like, if I was a fucking judge, you know what I mean? <laughs> and then everybody, you know, and then people were like, you mean Judge Carlos? And I'm like, okay, Judge Carlos, whatever. Like, <laughs> not the point of the joke. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, and, and so it just kind of, it just kind of grew. And then somebody, somebody recently uh, said, let's shoot a couple of things and let's come up with a show. And, you know, <laughs> here's what I think. I think that if there weren't court shows, like if there wasn't the people's court and mm -hmm. judge Judy and judge this and judge that, I would probably have a show where, you know, I was a judge and, you know, it would be a show like that, but from a comedic standpoint, you know, from a funny standpoint, uh, but those shows kind of already have that, like, you know, yeah. not, not that they're exquisitely funny, but they have, humor to them already yeah. you know and and you know some of it is about the law and all that kind of crap and then you know so but yeah. um yeah i loved i love doing judge carlos because uh court cases come through all the time that i'm just like what the fuck <laughs> what what are you serious like yeah. you know what i mean that kind of thing so and, and just it's inspiring like i thought i really did think that after being on being a comedian for as long as i've been a comedian I would run out of shit to say or not be inspired. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and, and only because, you know, when I was young, I want to change the world. Uh, I'm 51. And now I just realized that I'm just, uh, how do I put it? If there's a war between heaven and hell, it's been going on from the dawn of time. Yeah. And if it, I feel like that, like I'm in a war with, stupidity and lack of common sense and you know i'm gonna sway one person here or there an audience here or there but at the end of the day i'm just keeping balance you know what i mean yeah. i'm just making sure that it doesn't go too far in one direction but that's all i can do you know i'm not gonna i'm not gonna make it better i'm not gonna stop stupidity i'm not gonna tell a joke that's so funny that you know half of the country is going to be inspired to go get a GED or whatever the fuck it is, you know, that they need to get or want to get or should get or whatever it is. It's just not what it is. You know, I'm just going to change one person's mind here make somebody think something else here. 
10 people think I'm funny and they don't think I'm smart and one person thinks I'm a genius and all that kind of shit. You yeah. just you just go through it, but uh, I'm I'm inspired on a daily basis with with what's going on uh today because the one thing that's happening in America that's so good for my kind of comedy or at least it's easy for me to take advantage of is our inability to see truth for what it is. Yeah. So I get to be I get to be able to say somebody told you this shit was yellow? Well, let's go through the fucking colors of the rainbow. You know what I mean? And all yeah. of a sudden it's like it's fucking red. Well, you're right, it's red. It's so cool to be able to do that. Yes. It's right. so fun to be able to do that and and to be able to point that stuff out. So it's 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 a it's a really good time to be a comedian mm -hmm. for everybody. I I think um I think the hard part is that there's no formula anymore. Right. The good part and the shitty part about being a comedian in the eighties, mid nineties. The bloom, the comedy bloom. I don't know if it was a bloom as much as it was there was a formula, right? Yeah. The formula was no matter what kind of comedy you do, you better have a five minute set that's clean, that doesn't deal with McDonald's or Wendy's or Walmart or Kmart because you're not gonna be able to do jokes like that. And have your five minute set ready so that if the Tonight Show called or the Late Show called or whoever that was, you had that set ready to go. That mm -hmm. clean, perfect, funny, introductory, I'm Carlos Mencia and this is who I am. Mm -hmm. Boom, boom, boom. Good night. Um, yeah. Problem with that, it required one person to see you perform and want to give you that opportunity. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right? So you were dependent on, on that, one that one person. Now, you had to hire people that knew that person, that got that person out, you know, because you can't call the booker of the Tonight Show and say, hey, blah, blah, blah. You got to have somebody that knows that guy or, mm -hmm. you know, some agent or whatever it is. So you get to that point. Um, today you can, you can literally produce your own TV mm -hmm. show without anybody telling you what to do, how to write it, what actors to have in it, what to put in it. You can produce whatever you want mm -hmm. and put it on a network called YouTube or you your it. whatever, Thank whatever you. it is. It doesn't matter. You know, yeah, that's great. That's the difference. Those people don't rely on you know the guy from ABC to say you're funny. I'm going to give you a TV show, George Lopez or Carlos Mencia or whoever it is. Um, the shitty part is uh, there are so many places to see comedy now mm -hmm. that it's very rare that you have what those guys used to have, which was um, Gary Shanley goes on the Tonight Show, kills it. Somebody shakes his hand on the way out and says, "I hope you're ready for what's going to happen tomorrow." And the next day. Phone calls up the ass come that we got we want to give them a show we want to meet with them we want to talk to them blah 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 um you know that 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 is not that just doesn't it doesn't happen the same way anymore right. I mean you you know you can what happens today is Angela Johnson puts you know Bonquiqui mm -hmm. on mm -hmm. and the nail lady and it gets traction and you know. She starts selling tickets, ends up on, I think she was on uh, Mad TV for a couple of years, uh, you know, and that five minute set propelled her to, to, to get to this. So people will say, well, see, you could do it. Okay. How many comedians do you think have put five minutes of material on YouTube? Yeah. Thousands? A lot. Yeah. Okay. So let's, let's just round it out to 1000. It's more than that. 
But if 1,000 of them put shit up there and one of them blew the fuck up, like huge, God, it's it's point zero 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 one percent. It's it's mm-hmm. nothing. It's insignificant. Yeah. So that that's that's the difference. Now you don't need anybody to tell you what to do, but you gotta go through the screaming voices of every comedic thing on YouTube, every comedic person on YouTube, every comedic person on Google, every on Amazon, on blah blah blah, on blah blah blah, doing the same shit. You know what I mean? It's like podcasts. I mean, yeah. there was a time when you know there were when you being able to say i'm doing a podcast and i'm on the spectrum and i have asperger's you'd be the only person doing some shit like this mm-hmm. yeah and people would be like fuck dude have you heard of that guy blah blah and you, they wouldn't even know what you do just the fact that you can have that today you're one of a billion podcasts yeah it took you six years to get you on here you see what i'm saying <laughs> and, and by the way i wanted to do it the whole time <laughs> interestingly go. enough there i've never go. i've never said no to there any of the stuff yeah so it, it's you know it's a different environment. It's a it's a different place in time. It's a it's a more self centered place in time, than 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 ours. Because even though, when we got to be kind of self centered dicks, we we did it. We bumped people. I did anyway. Um, others before me did. Um, but we we were also, on the way to get there, um, okay with you know yeah. paying our dues so to speak. We were like, mm-hmm. I get it. I'm just a fuck. I'm an opener. I ain't nothing. I ain't shit. You know. Well, I will be one day. Yeah. Um. It was. It was. It was something to motivate us. I know. To today, um, it's a different environment. And and you know, I think that a big part of my success as a, as an older comedian right now, for me to be able to sell out a club like Brea, right, which I did a couple of weeks ago or three, five, about a month ago, whatever it is. Uh, the new um, one. Yeah, yeah, the new one. Oh, that's a beautiful venue. Yeah, yeah. So to, for me, I haven't put out a special in eight years. Yeah. My going on nine. My last special was in two thousand and ten. So for eight fucking years, I haven't put anything out, and I can still sell those tickets because of you know how how much I've kept up my stand up roots. Um, that's pretty that's pretty astonishing for me. You know, I look at it that and go, wow, that's a that's that's a that's a huge accomplishment. You know, take that for what it's worth, and and look at it from that perspective. I just uh, uh, I I I I think that you know the journey to get there is something that you guys as young comedians should uh should understand that it's just you you have control over so much you go on stage and you're great and you kill it and you rock it and instead of being funny when those guys aren't there you need to be consistently funny or or find a way to make it so that um you kill no matter what and i i i have not seen the difference between your shows in one or the other but just fan just venturing into my into the realm of I've seen a lot of shit in this world and stand up wise mm-hmm. when somebody comes to see you perform people that know you are so afraid that they're not going to like you that they tell you that you should do all of this stuff so that they like you or to change this or to change that mm-hmm. or to move this or to move that or to pay attention to this or to pay attention to that or to get this or to get that I would say to you dude don't ever do a show ever ever do a show for people that come to see you perform that are in our business. Yeah. The shit that they think is funny personally is never. Wow. Never the shit that everybody yeah, else thinks is funny. That's, that's wow. nice. Think Thank about you. it. They've seen yeah. a, they've seen a billion comedians, mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. you know, they're, they're like us. They want to hear a joke, like the fucking worst wretched joke that is going to make audiences go, Hey, fuck, 
fuck you. But they're in the back like, now that's funny. You're like, what? You know what I mean? Yeah. Sure, sure. Do it. Sure. Well, Carl, Always do it for the audience, bro. Carl, get up that... on stage, do it for the audience, and I promise you the next time that they come to see you perform, ignore that they're there. Thank you. Do your show for the crowd. You. you will kill it. And then they're going to come up to you and go, dude, he, that guy was funny. You were really funny. They, they, because they won't care about sure. how they feel. That's not mm -hmm. their job. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Their job isn't to put somebody on that they like. Their job is to put somebody up there that the world yeah. is going to like. I want to so mention I want to mention your dates because we yes. got the light, so we got to oh, get out here. Right. Okay. Uh, but uh, uh, these are just your California dates. Uh, you're going to be at the Ice House uh, this uh, weekend, July 19th through the 20th. Uh, tickets at icehouse.com. And then you're going to be at the Irvine Improv in September. September 5th through the 8th. Take a tour on IrvineImprov.com. Of course, you have other dates. Other, I just want yeah, to Yeah, just go to carlosmancia.com. Carlos Mencia. Yeah. And that's where the folks can, at home can follow That's you. where every, well, everything is at Carlos Mencia or Carlos Mencia or forward slash Carlos Mencia. Right. And if you don't know what I'm saying, you're just not an internet person <laughs> anyway. So, well, forward slash Carlos, I don't get it. Yeah, so anyway. Well, Carlos, thank you so much for doing this show. Yes, sir. I, I want well, you to know it, from the bottom of my heart, uh, You've helped a lot of comics, and you've helped me just by doing this interview. So thank you and, so much. Uh, I appreciate me it, as well. I, I listened to this. I was uh, trying to soak this up uh, with my, you know, my new, my ASP. ADHD. See, I, I, can't even, I don't even know what I have. It's but, probably uh, ADHD. It's, okay. so, you, do, you, listen, you'll know. Okay, yeah, so really quick, because I know sure. we got to go. Okay. But you'll know. So okay. here's the test, and, and oh. it's an easy test. No, I won't give it to you. I'm going to oh. tell you what it is. <laughs> They're going to put you in front of a computer where numbers are coming down, not not too fast, okay. slowly. slowly. And they're going to go, whenever you see a one, just push this space bar. And if you really have ADHD, you're going to push that space bar about a million times. Oh, yeah. Because here's what's going to happen. You're going to have your hand over it, and you're going to get anxious. And you're gonna, where is it? Where? And then you're going to hit it without, without wanting to because your okay. brain... Just, and then so, one's going to pass, and you're gonna, not going to see it because oh. you're going to be thinking about other shit. You're going to go, what the fuck is this? Hey, where did I leave my keys? <laughs> you know what I mean? And you, so you'll find out. Sure. There's a test. Sure. Ask your doctor. I, I'm going, I'm to, going to, to speak. To, oh, so, so let me know what the test says because <laughs> I'd be so interested. No, no, no. Because I know I don't have sure, it, and sure. I did the test. And sure. it was so, I was like, how the fuck did you fail this test? Yeah. <laughs> Dude, a, a star comes down, hit a fucking button. Yeah, like, sure. what are you doing? And I'm watching him, and he's fucking hitting the button. And I know it's coming. I'm like, dude, relax. And so, <laughs> I was like, holy shit, you're fucked up, dude. Well, Carlos, <laughs> so hopefully you'll be fucked up. Carlos, oh, my again, God. Buddy. Thank you. Bye, guys. Thank, Thank you. you. Carlos Macias. Go. Bye. <laughs> you're listening to Razor Riffs with Keith Razor and Alan Lee. Right here on LA Talk Radio. Hey guys, thanks for listening to the show. I really appreciate it. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcast. Give us some feedback. Good, honest, terrible, doesn't matter. Also, follow us on social media. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at Razor Riffs. I am also on Stereo if you would like to chat with me there www.stereo.com slash Keith and on Cameo, www.cameo.com slash Keith If you enjoyed the show, please send us a donation on the Anchor app. We really do appreciate it, and we'll rift with you again soon.